0: This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Aloha. Happy Monday to all Aussies listening to this. Happy Sunday to all the Americans listening to this. I'm really excited about today's guest. I mentioned to you that I'm really trying to get local people on the pod while I'm here in LA. So today is my incredible scene partner, Mo Frypacic. Mo is an actor, comedian, writer, all-round funny person, but also just super, super talented. Mo spent the last six years or so, on the last eight years, actually, in New York, really grinding and kind of like building their skill set in the comedy scene, training, but also stand-up, co-hosting comedy shows, also putting on drama theatre as well uh, that got critically acclaimed, like New York Times, also New Yorker, the American Theatre magazine, killing it. Also, can I say and this is a massive spoiler alert, but Mo was in the movie called Rough Night starring Scarlett Johansson and the scene that Mo does literally walks in drunk to a bedroom where the lead actors are kind of all have looks looks like a slumber party and Mo's character is drunk walks in and, and and goes ahead and tries to pee in front of everybody and it's I'm gonna put the trailer link in the show notes because I'm writing notes for this right now because uh Mo's hilarious Also, you're going to get a taste of work ethic, which is a really great takeaway. Also a taste of the importance of therapy and with therapy, the the bonus that comes from it is a sense of self-understanding and therefore self-belief, which is really, really cool. I think anybody who has got any kind of dream, whether it be in the arts, whether it be, you know, in finance or law, like I think you've got something to gain from Mo because Mo is unapologetically themselves and Mo is just dream chasing which i love and and i think when you're in a place where you can dream chase where there's so much opportunity and on top of that you've got this really good sense of who you are innately as a human being then anything's possible so i really hope you enjoy this chat thank you so so much mo it was an absolute honor to have you on the pod big love hope you love it guys and remember subscribe comment all the jazz that makes the pod Get the loving and means we can send it out to more peeps. Love you, boy. I've pressed record early too ah. to throw you straight oh in. My God.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> okay.
0: Mo Fry Pass. Hang on, hang on. I want to not F this up. Mo Fry Passick. Nailed it. Did I really? Yeah. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. So stand-up comedian, actress, writer, and then can I say comedian as well because you do. Totally. Because stand-up and comedy are two different things, are they not? They
1: can be, yeah. But, you know, co- comedy is all-encompassing, I would say.
0: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so to start this off, we were scene partners as soon as I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember after my, I think even like my first or second rehearsal, I called Boss and I was like, I
1: think I've made a friend yes. for life.
0: Uh- so... I'm honored to have you on the pod. Right? Uh,
1: I'm honored to be on the pod and to be your friend. Oh. I, after the first rehearsal, I was so relieved. I was nervous because I was like, oh my God, L.A., capital A, actor. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to fucking get a nutter." Oh, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. As much um, as you want. I <laughs> um, but I was like sure of it. And then when you and I just met... Oh, I was so relieved, just so relieved. Me too. Friend and incredible actress. I love that
0: you just said capital A actor. I call it, uh, it's school, we would call it like I am actor. I am actor. And so for people listening that are like, what are you guys talking about? Basically, that's like someone that takes themselves very seriously, maybe drinks their own Kool-Aid. Big time. You know, and Thinks they're awesome.
1: Someone who like uh, you know like could fall under pretentious uh, energy where they're just like oh, so
0: diplomatic of you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You have been so much fun to YouTube and look at. You've done so much stuff. Sure. Yeah. So previous because you're pretty new to LA as well. You're like yes. six months here yeah, six or months, so. so. Yeah. So previous to that, six years in New York? Uh,
1: eight years in New York. Oh wow. Yeah, eight, eight years in New York, um, four in Boston, and Boston's where I started comedy, but I did all my like schooling and work and practice in New York.
0: So cool. Okay. So I want to talk about that because I think uh especially a lot of Aussie listeners, they love to travel across the other side of the I world and train. So your training in New York,
1: um, that was comedy training. Yeah, that was comedy training. Um, that was I did improv training, and then I just, which is like, <laughs> I like, I look back on that, I'm like, that was chaotic period of time. But I'm very glad that I have the improv training that I do for Comedic roles for even my stand up for all of that. But then, maybe, gosh, I want to say like a year in or two years in, I had a dear friend of mine who is a wonderful stand up and, um, you know, writer and creator, Julio Torres, who was like, Oh, you need to do stand up. Like, you need to try right. it. Yeah. And so it was a, some show that he ran in Brooklyn and I, he booked me to do stand up on it. And I started just, doing stand up. And I, I did a little bit in Boston, but I totally dropped it when I got to New York. And so got Julio it. started was like, "Do it." And How long is a stand up? Um, it depends on the show. Like uh a, you can do a sh- you know, you know, if you can build an hour and have your own show, you can uh, do a half hour. Um It's a long time. Yeah, but usually spots are like 8 to 15 minutes. Yeah, got it. And like in the early days, like when you're just starting out, you get like 3 to 5. Got it. And got it. you got to get your jokes in, you got to you know see if they hit if they don't hit rework it drop it etc
0: speaking of early work and early jokes you have this it's so good it's on youtube and beat me being like a gossip girl fan oh, you've hut yeah. together <laughs> a scene from oh, gossip girl but what was that ca- actor what was that character's name he Did- was like a baddie Derry oh, oh gosh Damien he, Damien yeah, he I was like so, the baddie yeah. that yeah. really was in love with Blake Lively's yeah. character the drug dealer yeah he was bad news but kind of like um, troubled, broken, hot, all those kind of totally, things. Yeah. And you've cut together him having a really serious conversation with like either Jenny or um, what was Blake's character? Serena. Serena. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously him like it's a, there's a romantic vibe to it. Yeah. And you've cut it to you being like, yeah, I've just had a vegan. He's like, what are you doing right now? I've just had a vegan brownie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's so, so sweet. Funny. It was I love doing that because it was like 2013, right? Yeah. It was like it was like before there was like TikTok or apps that helped you edit that. Yeah. And so that I like now that's a diamond does in that like style, but that was like very, I don't know, it it didn't like take off in any way, but I was very proud of that because it was just like I it made me laugh. They are all so serious on their phone calls. And I loved like inserting myself into those worlds. And so it was just like a goofy little series I did.
0: And you're literally standing on some New York street. Oh, yeah. And I'm on like
1: 24th and or 23rd and like 5th. And I'm just sitting there. It's busy. And I'm like, you know, on my iPhone, whatever era that was.
0: Like a six or something, yeah, like right? Earlier, even, like yeah.
1: recording on that. But, and then I would like uh, put it into iMovie on my computer yep. and then. Yeah. All oh, look at
0: you. Oh. I used to do all my stuff on iMovie <laughs> yeah. as well. Oh, wow. Okay. I have to ask, this has nothing to do with acting or comedy, Love but it. like, I feel like having traveled a lot. To New York, or like, I don't know, three or four times New York. Like, I love New York. I love the energy. I love the pace. I love that oh, it's incredible. a hard city. Like oh, I would yeah. describe it as quite hard. And, you know, like if you could miss the beat really easily. Easily. But then you come here and LA kind of feels like you can kind of do whatever you want in LA. And like sure. people are like, cool. Yeah. You know, but there is a different, there is a different energy. Like people can be flaky here and it's a little bit different. Whereas I think I, I find them very like pole opposite almost. But my question is, do you miss? Do you miss that vibe at um, all?
1: Totally. I mean, I will say for anybody like going to New York, the first year will be hell no matter what. And even if you can ha- like have good moments or like have like it is what it's the hardest city. I was working like three jobs, like just depressed as hell. My room was 63 square feet. I had no kitchen. Like it was like oh my god, the classic, like y- you got to grind. And once I got through that year, because in that year, what you do is you make friends, you build community, you find spaces to exist in, um, and like you build a life for yourself. But that sort of initial build, I always remind anyone who's like, I don't know why I'm exhausted. I, you know, it's like, it's, a stimulating city. You're always around people, around energy. You're taking, you're taking things in constantly. Mm-hmm. You're also trying to achieve a dream. You're also trying to find friends and people mm-hmm. to support that dream. So it's exhausting Your one, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think like you forget, it's easy to forget that once you finally, cause once you find community and once you're doing what you love, it is the most magical place on earth. It is wonderful. Like I could get up on any show, you know, any, like ask friends to work some stuff out. And like I was able to like have relationships with theaters and put up off-Broadway plays with a um, creative comedic partner and like able to do that. But you have to work for a long time and grind. So it, it's easy to take it for granted when you're able to do those and get to those spaces. Because it is magical. I miss I miss that energy. I miss that like let's put something Snappy. together. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's make something. Let's make something crazy. Um yeah, I miss that a lot, but it it takes a lot of work to get there for sure.
0: Oh, I love that you I love that you're like breaking down the facade cuz I think a lot of Aussies are like you get to America, you have this career in Australia that is really great, you get to America and it's like you're there, you're yeah. ready, it's just and and it's time. not it's and yeah. it's totally not. Like I even I was saying to Matt, like even LA, like it's a, it's, I'll call it tough. Like I think there's Mm -hmm. a toughness to LA. There's, um, and, and Aussies are quite reserved. So when Americans are really open and forward and direct, it can feel really abrasive when you first get here, you're like, oh my God, there's a different way of communicating. I'm sure. But yeah, I just, it's so nice that you shared the kind of like the grind of it all, because I, I
1: would say that also exists in LA, especially for an Aussie coming over. Oh gosh, it has to, I think, and also that sort of expectation, I I found that when I, because it's like I only started coming to LA when I would be able to take meetings or like get yeah. a little bit of work, and so it took you know like four years, five years to be able to start coming to LA. And even that, you do so much groundwork in New York. You're 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 what is it baseline? You're zero here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to redo that work here, and yeah. you are more prepared to do it. You are more skilled to do it because of the work you've done in Australia, yeah. because of the work you've done in New York. But you you gotta humble yourself and realize like new game, new playing yeah. field, new everything. Yeah, nothing is like given to you because of what you previously done.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: it's it's. I'm a, gonna miss you. Oh, like, I know. I know. I know. Can, can so we much.
0: just make a pact here on the podcast? We're gonna be mates forever. Oh, 100 percent. Done. Great. Knew it
1: right away. I because also like I was in the same position where it's like you're you know you're coming from a much different space, but I was like in Wisconsin for the pandemic and then. I, you know, I was in New York before that. So here I've been like trying to, you know, find friends, you know, find a new community and build a life here. And so I think we both were on that wavelength and found each other because we're like, we want friends. We want people who support each other. You know what I mean? And I think you and I are very supportive. Of fearlessly failing. <laughs> <laughs> but also
0: as well, and you knew this about me, but like I had this like calling to like really dig my teeth into something comedic, but I'd never yeah. done it before. Like all my training is theatre and very dramatic and very – um I'm going to say a bit heavy. Some of the yeah, stuff is quite heavy. what We're, you're
1: saying, it sounds like, yeah.
0: Yeah, in a, in a good way. But I was like, I feel like there's this part of me, this skill set or this like natural inclination that I'm not tapping into. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a hoot to be able to like deep dive into like Comedy with you and just have so much fun. And that's why I want to talk to you about like some of the stuff that you've done to date. Sure. Because even on one of my favorite things I saw of you on YouTube, it's this skit called, I think it's called Fight Night. And it's for uh, a thing called the Special, or it's a show oh, called yeah, the Special. Sure, sure. And you're
1: Carla, is that yeah, yeah, Carla Pizzarelli, yeah. And
0: you're like. like running this training camp <laughs> for women. But basically, I saw so the concept of the show looked like someone had put in an idea, like submitted an idea. And then did you guys formulate that skit or was some of it
1: improv? Like what was the formula? So what's brilliant about that show was it's almost all improv. Wow. Um, so there's like beats that we have to hit. Yeah. Um, and that show was, like Brett Davis is an incredible creator and he's very like underground New York scene. So anybody who gets to listen to his podcast or see his shows really should dig in. I'll put a link. I'll yeah, put a link he's wonderful. It. And I credit him with, So I was part of the Brooklyn alt community, which means alternative comedy, which is just less mainstream, more like, you know, it, it, that style has become mainstream over the past 10 years, Mm -hmm. but at the time it was not. And I think Brett gave a lot of people opportunities because what that was, was a local cable access TV show. Mm. And so he took over from Chris Gethard, who's another incredible comedian and the weekly show—it was every week—and you just had to put something together. And oh, he wow. would—he would grab comedians from the community and be like, oh. "Hey, can you do this? Can you put this idea here? Hey, can you play a boxer? Hey, can you do this?" And it really gave us an opportunity to feel like we were working. You know what I yeah. mean? To feel like we were doing something, and it, it was on like it was on TV. And, and he had cool. like a full
0: ensemble as well. Like oh, totally. there was a full gang. It looks so fun and
1: incredible. Like people to work off with, like. That have gone on to direct incredible things Mm. and do wonderful things. And he would get wonderful actors as guests. And it was just a really special feeling that we got to use our comedy chops in a way where he was like, bring it. Like, this is every week. I need to be able to rely on you as comedians to bring comedy. Here's the outline. You know, go for it.
0: (sighs) love that. You've already um, referred to your comedic partner. I'm guessing that's Tim Platt. Yes, yes. And there's this amazing scene I saw of you two. Uh, I think it's like the Subway yeah. skit and like it's so cute. You're like belting out a tune, like that classic girl with her headphones in, belting tweet. out a tune. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like I, I I don't know how to describe it. He's got like gobsmacked by you is the word I want to use. Yeah, totally. And I, so the thing that blew me away in that scene, first of all, I was like, oh, my God, Mo can sing. That's
1: nice. <laughs> I had no idea.
0: You've kept that secret.
1: Yeah, you know, when called upon, <laughs> I yeah.
0: I was like, yes, yeah, sir. I was like, you're a triple threat. And then I love, like, that character of that girl that you were playing. I like, you're ma I don't know if anyone's told you this, but, like, your vocal range for, like, changing pitch Thanks. for character, because she spoke much higher than yeah, your she, natural she, voice. She talks
1: like this, and she's so excited to be here. To yeah. <laughs> Like, and I think
0: you've done another. I think it was with you another skit where you've got a crush on like a teacher or something. Oh, teacher student. That's one of our favorites. Yeah. And you do the same thing. You do the like yeah. giggly, like high boy, high. Like, uh, I call
1: her like the theater girl. He's like, I, I love New York City. It's incredible here. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my god. <laughs> do you do voiceovers though? I wish somebody pay me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: totally no. But like I've also seen you do British accent. We did the Lara yeah. Croft uh, yeah. skit as well. And your British accent didn't break once. Thanks.
1: Thank- no, I can't do it now. I'm not going go, go, to go. performance anxiety. <laughs> but thank you. Well,
0: I will say, Mo and I, uh, after class at acting school, we'll go, we all go across the road and have a drink together. Well, people eat and everything. We, have a drink. we get Vino. <laughs> and usually, like halfway through Vino one, um, Mo will start being able to do an, an Aussie accent. That's when the confidence kicks in.
1: Oh, dude. You and I just it. repeat what Lola says. I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very good, very, very, very good. Okay, so I want to talk about um, 50-50 old school animation. Yeah. So this is, we're not talking comedy here, we are talking full-blown dramatic.
1: Full-blown.
0: Uh, we're talking 25-minute monologue. Yeah. And I watched an interview with the other actor. Julia. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and she described it as like cruel, violent, misogynistic. yeah
1: is real rough that is
0: loaded
1: <laughs> it's it was one of the most intense experiences and i it's still ongoing we're hoping to perform it more
0: you did germany um, right yeah
1: we we um did like the festival circuit and went to germany we're supposed to go to england um but covid and then hopefully we'll you know keep touring totally. with it but it was so i met them through Tim Platt because they're part of like the brooklyn um like theater scene and yeah. i wasn't a part of that i was part of the comedy scene but they were very funny and peter um who is the other collaborator was part of the comedy scene and i had this sketch yes that they saw so they needed someone for this monologue who could cry and oh my god yes and so yeah i had yeah. this very stupid very funny like 9 minute long sketch it's like so stupid and the payoff is very little and i love it um, where Tim and I go on stage and we're fighting and I say, yes, yes, I am, yes, I am. And it looks like this boyfriend and girlfriend are fighting. And I then take the stage and do this whole monologue where I'm just sobbing. And then I do it for like six minutes and then I look at him and I'm like, well. And then Tim just finally comes forward and you think this boyfriend is going to like apologize. He goes, okay, you are a better actress than Natalie Portman. (laughs) So stupid, so dumb. The payoff has worked, like, twice, and it makes makes us laugh, which is all we care so about. So good. And so, but I spend that whole six minutes sobbing. And so then they saw that, and they're like, hey, would you want to come audition for this piece we're doing? And the piece more from that, yeah, tenfold over the years. But very, it's about, like, um, it's about the way women internalize misogyny and perpetuate violence against themselves and also violence against other women. Mm. Because the way, you know, the patriarchy works, it's this beautiful oil-oiled machine because we take it on ourselves then. And then we end up hurting other women and abusing other women. And so internalizing it and seeing the way that affects different female-bodied individuals. And so it's a really dark piece Mm. because you don't know whether or not the – Initial person that Julia plays is a sociopath, but yeah. she talks about violence.
0: I've seen clips of Julia's oh, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "Whoa, this would be so confront." Because she eyeballs everyone in the audience the house as well. up. Uh, yeah. She the said she thing. wants everyone to have to see each other, and I was like, "Oh, how confronting!" Because often when you go to the theater, it's escapism. Yep, for you. Uh, and 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 I was like, "Whoa!" The whole sense of it it'd almost feel like a weird, not weird, but like a really confronting. Uh, I don't know, it almost feels like a, a completely different experience where you'd be.
1: We had to start putting signs of towards the exits because people would get so uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And they would try to like scramble to leave. Yeah. Some people would start crying. Some people would start laughing. In my head, I was like, is it this turbo? Like, damn. But yeah. <laughs> But people are really uncomfortable being confronted
0: oh, yeah, 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 that eyeballing thing. I would have been like, oh, oh, shit, I thought I was here to, like, yeah. escape myself for an evening, you know? No way.
1: And it's and so, uh, like, someone called it, like, nerve shredding because it's 50 minutes straight and it's yeah. just, and it's Julia talks about what I think the part that people really don't like about it is that Julia talks about this violence that she committed against a woman mm-hmm. and then, my you know a woman who then experiences sexual assault and be, as a result of Julia's actions mm-hmm. and then my character comes on and she is the most annoying person possible she is so hyped up and talks at this level and talks really fast and it's so agitating after you heard Julia talk at this yeah. pace and the, I have all these sound effects that I play. Very
0: Bo Burnham, I said yes, of yes. you, and I, there's a little clip of you as well. Oh, is there? Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is so
1: Bo Burnham. It is, and it's wild, and half. I think it's people begin to hate me, and when it's too late, you realize I'm the person who had been sexually assaulted. You realize I'm the person who was abused by all this, and you realize that like. I'm this way because I have such deep, like, self-hatred and Mm. deep unresolved trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think the audience really struggles with the fact that they didn't like me. And they see in themselves the parts that people trigger, you know? And it's, like, unresolved trauma. And so Mm. it was really interesting. And in the end, I end up self-harming myself for the, you know, and the audience gets really uncomfortable. It's all, like, safe. Um, But but it is— It was just such a personally cathartic experience because having been a comedian to do just pure seriousness was wonderful. And also just to, like, do a piece that's important to me uh, felt really powerful and intense. And also, like—
0: what about your? So this is dr- full blown drama. Yeah. How? Where were your? Where was your training at this stage, or were you just going cold from all your comedic training?
1: Um, so I had some classes in college. Yeah. Um,
0: because that's yeah. pretty amazing slash scary.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? It was so I my piece, my twenty five minute monologue yeah. was transcribed from my own. I like I I said it and I improvised the whole thing, yeah. and then they transcribed it. Yeah. So. I had a different kind of connection to it than just, like, a cold read. Yeah. So I had been—we had spent, like, six hours, one rehearsal, just improvising, Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, playing this character, and then they recorded it all and condensed it to 25 minutes. Oh, wow. And so I think coming at it from such a— and I—so I talked about a personal experience with a friend that was like Julia, Mm -hmm. and I I had gone through that. And so to bring that energy to it, it's— You know, it's those rare characters that you do get that you connect with that you you can bring yourself to. And so I think I was gifted in that way where I might have needed more direct training had it not been such like a like intuitive. Uh, No, I I think it's.
0: Wonderful that you've gone in with mainly an improv training and then come to drama with an improv. Yeah, like you've come into it through improvisation, which is so cool for people listening. Improv is pretty much like unscripted. Yep, you're just pretty very very present and you're feeding off one another. Is but that kind of right? Feet
1: have, there's a lot of rules to improv, and okay. then it, it, you throw them away. Is what it is. Like you have to, you know, within the first three lines, establish what your relationship is, who you are to each other, um, where you are, and. Cool. Like the stakes, and so, and then you can play from there. And so, the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is the school that I studied at UCB, um, their policy is like yes and. So, if someone says something, you have to yes and it. Meaning, yeah. I yes, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm going to add to it. So, cool, it's great. So, instead of so, no matter what, you're building a scene constantly. So, instead of someone being like, "Hey, I love those cherries you have." Instead of being like, no, these aren't cherries. These are bananas. It's like, your scene's over. Totally. And there's nowhere to go. But you say, yes, these cherries are actually magical cherries. And then, like, you can and it. And it's like, oh, that's crazy because I'm a witch. And you know what I mean? And and so it's fun to take the rules of improv. And when you're playing with really good people, then they throw them all away.
0: Yes, so fun. I've watched, I have such a career crush on Steve Colbert. Oh my gosh. And I've He's second watched. City King. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he talks about always listening, like, and never block. Always. You don't block. Mm-mm. When someone get, offers you something, you a don't gift. go, they're not cherries, they're mandarins. Exactly. You'd be like, or mandarins. You'd be like, exactly what you said. Yeah. Delicious.
1: Love cherries. Magical powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so fun to watch people like Stephen Colbert who Are so talented at it and do it with such ease. And, uh, oh my gosh, it's there's magical. a great um, I'm gonna send this
0: to you. There's a great video of Steve Colbert and um, Will Farrell's come on as a guest it's and like he's an holding icon. a kitten, right? Love. And he's like, This is a single spy oh, like mongoose, handler. yeah, yeah. <laughs> single spy mongoose. And you can tell Stephen Colbert, there's a obviously an amazing moment in there and 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 he doesn't want to block him, right? Yeah. So Stephen Colbert's like, Now. I could be wrong. I could be wrong here. Yeah. It looks a lot like a
1: kitty cat. And so he didn't block him, but exactly. there was such a great. Exactly. Well, he let, let him like lift up. Like actually, you know, he yeah. can be like, yes, it does look like a cat. But in fact, it has murdered seven people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. And like he can like lift that up. And yeah. like and like that is a skill, right? He didn't block him, but he made it seem like it. Yeah. So, oh, masterful.
0: Oh, I could nerd it out over people for so long. So just before we um, move on from – your 50-50 old school animation, you got reviews, New York Times, The New Yorker, The American Theatre Magazine. Was the, were the, I imagine they're like real career pinch yourself moments.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was so cool. That was awesome. Yeah. And you know why it was so awesome is because in this career, like, we're always gunning for things, you know. Always yeah. like hoping we get that review. Such an American thing to say. I'm always gunning. gunning for things. <laughs> I know, of course, gun <laughs> No, no, no. I but know. we just don't use that word. <laughs> uh, well, of course we do. Um, but what I what was such a gift about it is that. I didn't know that any that it was getting reviewed in any way. I didn't know that Oh, you it, had no idea. No idea. Cool. And I that's a credit to Peter and Julia because they were all about the work. They were all about the performance. They didn't mention who was coming. They didn't mention oh, it was like so good. and they also didn't care. They were so elated to have such positive reviews, but it wasn't about that. And it, That was gravy. Yes, it was it was no disrespect to. It, it was awesome and incredible, but to me, they would focus on my performance and, you know, what was making, what was really wonderful is what was making me feel safe because it is a, it was a volatile and sensitive subject to be, you know, doing a monologue about. And so, yeah, I, I felt, so entrenched in the work at the time, I was just like, "What? I got a review of this? Great! What do I do?" You know, I was like a little thrown off, but it was really lovely, and I'm ha- happy to have those for the rest of my life. <laughs> totally. Ah, yeah.
0: oh, I when I was reading it, I'm like, "That's like the pinnacle is New York Times," Like, I'm yeah. Like, ben Brantley,
1: the New York theater critic, um, wow. had nice things to say, and I was like, "Because I had I know, you know, I've known his name for years, and so I, I didn't even think of myself because I think of myself as a comedian." I didn't think of myself as in that race, you know what I mean? In that ability to get noticed, and so that was so cool and really special.
0: A lot of actors that play both Mm -hmm. will say that they're two in the one thing:
1: drama and
0: comedy. Yeah, you're playing even more desperate when you're playing comedy because you want it so bad, like you want.
1: And I think I think the reason my monologue in that too is because it was a comic relief. Like Julia's character is so intense and so upsetting and I have an entire three-page diatribe on gluten-free bread. And like, and so people were just like um, releasing and laughing with those, yeah. but it's a dark piece. So yeah. it is one and the same very much so.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so much other stuff that you've done as well I want to go on. So you co-hosted a comedy show every other Sunday. yeah. Trying, am trying, I saying yeah, that I'm right? Saying it
1: perfect. Uh, how fun was that fun? Oh my gosh, it was a because
0: that's more like if you're co-hosting it, that's mm-hmm. more MC almost. Oh and yeah, crowd work. and we
1: all so I hosted it with Sudi Green and Bo and Yang, and both of them work at SNL, and they're like wonderful comedians. Oh. And we all met at UCB back in like 2013 or 14 um, doing improv. Yeah, and um, the three of us really, and they're constantly working, you know, on comedy, but. The three of us really wanted to work on our stand-up, and we wanted to, like, hone our set and be able to practice stupid shit. Like, sometimes you you get booked on a show, you want to do your best set. You want to do—and, like, so we wanted a place where we can (laughs) try the dumbest stuff that was—that we weren't doing on tour or weren't doing anywhere else. And so we came up with the show, and we just wanted to, like, have it be— low stakes like yeah
0: just so you could just play yeah. yeah and what
1: ended up happening it beca- happening is because we went in with that energy everyone we got and booked had fun and like yeah. oh the, the comedians that came through were so wonderful yeah. and so talented and the the audience was like wonderfully loyal and like they'd come back every week and it was just really lovely to you know have done I've done shows for 10 years and I've had two people in the audience, you know, and I've had nobody come, and I've yeah. had to cancel them. And, like, to have a sh- regular show where you didn't have to, like, just worry about mm. everything constantly. And our producer, Lauren Mandel, one of the best producers mm. in now Hollywood, was New York. She made everything so easy. She booked the best talent. She was So everything felt wonderful in that show, and I was very proud of that because we— all just had the same matching energy of like, let's please have fun. Oh, yeah. that would have been
0: such a fun place to like really cut your teeth and be like, yeah. I'm just going to try this dumb idea. And like,
1: there were so many times where we did not get a laugh, and then we'd be like, that sucked, right? And everyone would die laughing because we were like, yeah, we were trying something new. <laughs> but do you know? Do you know what I noticed about you that I hadn't noticed about like
0: uh, the first time we put our scene up? You were like, oh, I didn't. I expected that to get a laugh, and it didn't get a laugh yeah. there. Your brain is attuned to that; mine is not. Like I was like. Oh, I'm happy with a giggle, mate. Like I had no idea what to say. <laughs> um, Versus the second time we went up, it was like you were getting. We, there were mega laughs. We the whole got way laughs. through. Oh, but good. I forget that your brain would be so
1: like almost like fine tuning for the laugh, oh, right? Yeah. Which is like in acting is something I need to let go of. But the comedian in me is like, why didn't that get the laugh? Why was my timing off? What did I do wrong? Like, wow, because <laughs> it's like. It is mathematical. It yeah. is like if you get the timing right, if you land the, the land the punchline, you, you're going to get the joke. And if you don't get the joke, well, you didn't set it up right. Like you didn't, you know.
0: They say that's what Aussies are weaker. I mean, they say an Australian actor is usually often better at drama.
1: Oh. But, and like
0: that's what I was saying to. I've had zero comedic training yeah. because we don't understand the technique. Do you have the comedic
1: training available? Not
0: really. Like really? sometimes people will come and run a improv workshop sure. Uh, and then there's like little open mic nights where you can do things but like as far as like deep diving there is none that I'm aware of.
1: I'm learning more about this Australian like and I work ethic and acting style and I feel like one thing that Americans are good at Like, Americans aren't as good at the work as, like, Australians seem to be, you know, like, the conservatory sort Mm -hmm. of style you were talking about. But I feel like at least comedians in America are better at messing up and fucking up. Yeah. Whereas, like, it feels like Australians, it's like, you kind of got, if you're doing it, like, you do it seriously. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, the reason I think I've gotten better over the years is because I fucked up a thousand times. Yeah, and you're very comfortable probably letting go. As oh my well. god, I and I also feel better when I mess up because then I'm going to get the feedback that's going right. to clarify yeah. what I was doing.
0: Oh, that's great. That's a great skill set to have. Yeah, I mean, not hold on too tight.
1: Took took years to get. You know, took years of messing up and then going home berating myself, being like, what, "Yeah, this, you I know? did that for all of my Australian
0: study, and mm. I don't think I've done it here, even when I that's like great. Mess what do you think up. the shift was? It, took, it was so hard to get here and I think mm-hmm. when you know you've worked so hard to get here, you're like, I'm just going to run at everything and yeah. some stuff's going to stick and some stuff isn't and that's okay.
1: Yeah, totally. I think
0: the stakes are different for me now. Like I, in, in Australia because there are less schools, less places, less like it feels, like yeah. there's less available to you, whereas here... You're like, okay, I'm here to learn. Mm. That's why I'm here. I'm here to up my skill set. So in order to learn up your skill set, you're going to have to fall down a few mm, times.
1: 100%. Right? That's how I feel right now in acting class because it's like I've, oh. I've, I'm I, confident in my comedy. Like I always have stuff to learn, but I'm confident oh. as a comedian. But as far as an actor, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. scary. Very scary. It's, it's, it's going to be so scary not having you as my scene. partner <laughs> anymore.
0: So I saw um, that you've done – Comedy festivals, you've been on Comedy Central, Funny or Die, Riot LA Festival. Has there
1: been any mo- like moments that really stick out as like a highlight?
0: Because you've done so much.
1: It's a nice reminder because, you know, I get, get in the mode of like, well, i got to do more. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, put get our head that. down and, you know, what's enough, Um, which is like, you know, the great journey of life is realizing that like, you are enough and it, it, nothing, everything's enough, and, but uh, I think doing Riot LA was like the first festival I booked and mm-hmm. I got to like fly and like I have my set and like and like stay in an Airbnb and feel like a real comic, you know, oh, what I mean? yeah. And that was twenty sixteen, I wanna say. Where was that? That was here downtown. Cool. Yeah, that was in LA downtown. And so and I got to, you know, just feel like I was a road comic for yeah. the first time. And you know, like and like have other comics in LA see me and that felt that felt like a big deal. But yeah, I don't know. I think 50-50 felt like the biggest yeah. deal because ultimately, like, I've taken this weird road through comedy, but I love acting the most and always have. Yeah. So it's like it kind of like my secret's out. Like, I love to act. Oh, I got to act. You know what I mean? It felt yeah. very much like that where it's like that was the moment of like, oh, it's possible. You can actually do this and yeah. like go to Germany with like it. That was like to, huge. It uh, yeah. felt very cool to me.
0: I have to ask about Rough Night, the movie oh, sure. yeah, with ScarJo. Yeah. Yeah. Scar yeah? Uh, you're in the trailer. That
1: was a cool moment. It
0: looks like your scene is you walk into a bedroom and try to pee on the yep, floor. Yeah, that's, exactly, it,
1: oh, okay, that's exactly my scene. And that's it. That's the whole scene. Still though, like, so can you take me through like audition process, how long you were shooting for, how did it all go? Sure. So it was really funny because my dear friend Joel um, was, you know, friends with, um, Genevieve Nilo, who is a mm. producer and comedian, she's wonderful, and her sister directed the movie. Um, her Ben Paul Downs, Lucia Anilo, um, you know, did the movie. They did Broad City, and they also did Rough Night. And the, hang on, the cast is incredible of Rough Night. It's like oh God. It's uh, Alana Glazer, Zoe Kravitz, Gillian Bell, um, Kate Mc, Mac- Kate McKinnon, oh, um, so ScarJo. Yeah, SNL
0: royalty, unreal, right? yeah.
1: uh, absolutely unreal. And so they were doing reshoots on it, and so. Uh, Roy Bergman did the initial casting who's incredible casting Carly Fomelot is like one uh, a friend of mine she's also so they did the initial casting which is why I think the whole film is incredible yeah. but this was a reshoot and they needed someone who could do physical comedy and so Joel was like talk to Mo and Genevieve DM'd me on Instagram and she was like hey are you free tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I can be, yeah, 100%. She's like, do you want to be in my sister's movie? <laughs> no. I was like, yes, absolutely. And it was overnight. It was crazy. It was like whirlwind. And um, yeah, I got picked up by a van the next day. No. When And like it premiered the next month. It wasn't like one of those waiting <sighs> per- periods. But also like on set, best time of my life. Like I had to wait in a van with, um, you know, four of the women and they were – Kind, nice, engaged, wonderful, like in no way what you'd imagine these Hollywood stars to be. Uh, Like asking me about my sister's engagement, like just like really kind and generous uh, people. And um, it was cool. It was like a wonderful taste of, you know, the reality that I live and just, you know, what's possible. And I got to be physically funny, which is one of my favorite things, so, stumbling into a room, taking my panties down and starting to pretend to pee. And like in front of these rock stars yeah. it, it, and they were so funny and it was really
0: funny. How many takes was that? Oh my
1: gosh, it wasn't that many takes. Cause I, I went, f- I didn't mark it. I went full on when they were on, the camera was on them. And so I was doing those takes quite a bit, but maybe like 10 altogether. Oh wow. Was it shut out here? What did you do in, in New, York? Um, New York? In like Queens, in a house.
0: Ah, <gasps> oh, so fun. Yeah, it was really
1: cool. I, it's amazing you made the trailer too. That's a big deal, right? So that that I would say was a special moment because I went to go see um, Wonder Woman yeah. in at the <gasps> Chelsea Cinema, and I was with my friends Matt Bowen and Joel, and we were all just sitting there, and the Rough Night trailer came on. We all stood up and started screaming. We went, ah! Oh I was my in God! It, and that was a really cool special <sighs> moment.
0: I honestly, I'd done all my research of you, all you know, in the last few days. And this morning, I was like, I'm just gonna reread her bio. And I got to the bottom of the bio. I was like, How the f did you miss this all? And then I was like, Oh, I'm gonna just watch the trailer. And then I was like, yeah. Hang on a sec, that's Mo, that's Mo. <laughs> <That's laughs>
1: so, so it funny. was such a like far out, yeah. Mate. Like, and I like got take stop to work with those people again because like they do hacks now. The HBO show, um, Lucia and Paul, and like. Just, and the Genevieve, they're all like so talented and like mm. funny people that like, you know, there's certain things that you want to do in your career and then there's just people you want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and like yeah, they're, they're the right type vibe. of people yeah. Yeah, you want to work with. So
0: I feel like this is a hard question to answer because you've already, we I know we actually have talked about this, um, but. And you've already achieved so much, but like, what's the dream? What is like Mo? What does your life look like two years from now? Five years from now?
1: Um, two years from now, I mean, like, dream. I would love to be, you know, a regular on a like a network sitcom or not, not sitcom network. No, gosh, like um, like what's HBO and like
0: Netflix? Oh, oh, like a stream. I guess so. Yeah, I prefer
1: that over network, just because, like, I think you can take more risks and do more. Things, um, but the dream would be, yeah, to be a regular on that. Otherwise, um, you know, I write a lot, so get my stuff made. Yeah. Um, but like five years down the line, I see myself um, actively on television, working constantly. Um, and Emmys this
0: time in a in 100%, of years. hundred percent, yeah. hundred. Like I
1: like, and I say that like I can't wait to hear this back. In, like ten years if I don't have one, it's insane if I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah. how I feel. I'm like, I love it. I'm like so ready. I feel like I have it in me. I can do the work, and it's possible. And I I just I want I want to you know yeah. <laughs> makes me so happy to hear you speak like this because I think um,
0: you're speaking from a sense of self belief but in a very humble and honest way to yourself. Okay, it's almost sure. like it, you're honouring your calling as opposed to yeah, like this is like I don't when we talk about it, capital A actor and yeah. drinking Kool Aid and stuff. This is the opposite. It's <gasps> like your energy energy is really honest. It is unapologetically who you are nice. and. I think as well, like, I love that you're honest about that goal. Like, I so love it. And I think it's so refreshing to hear and it inspires me. So I really hope that people listening are like, yeah. I hope
1: so too because it's. I've spent so long being embarrassed by my own dreams, you know, and feeling ashamed or humiliated to say I want those things. So it's kind of like there was this realization I had in the past couple years of like, why not say that? Well, what's embarrassing about that? There's people that have that. Like, you're in that industry. You also have to
0: believe in yourself to achieve any of this kind of stuff. Big time. Big time. Oh, I love this. Um, Uh, I have to ask because I know this is like a hallmark of who you are, but like how much would you attribute what you've achieved so far to work ethic?
1: Oh, my gosh, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's – plenty I also think like the people that I meet in the community and the people that I get to work with are so talented and that's because I have the same work ethic like mm-hmm. I think I used to play volleyball i used to i played you know intensely mm-hmm. and I was a former athlete and I bring that energy to acting it's like you you gotta train you gotta put in practice you gotta put in the hours that people don't see you gotta just do. And, you know, with healthy balances, sure. But I think it's a hundred percent work ethic. And it's you play to
0: win. And you play to win. Even in an acting scene, like you're always, no matter what the characters Objective is. Yeah. You're still playing to win that objective no matter what. A
1: hundred, and I'm learning that in a grounded way. And like, I think intuitively we, you know, sense that, but in a real active way through the Chubbuck technique, when she was like, you play to win, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. But we do in life. Yeah, totally.
0: Totally. Like every uh, one of my acting teachers in Australia said, like, a human won't actually do something unless it actually benefits them. And people were like, I disagree, smokers, drugs, da da da. And he's like, but in the moment,
1: They believe that.
0: In the moment, that smoking is going to relieve stress. Yeah. In the moment, that drug is going to be escapism. Huge. And he's like, of course, long term, sure, it's not helping. But immediately. But in the moment, it betters the situation that they're in. Sure. And that's how humans are Because that's how they
1: believed it to be. Yeah, like that's that's how they're wired. Million percent. Of course. I mean, yeah, I think of any interaction where like you – especially in this industry where you're constantly meeting people that you have to like present yourself to. Yeah. It's like like me, like me, like me. Please like me. And even if you're an authentic person, you're coming in with the energy of please like me. Yeah. And you're trying to present that and give a version of yourself that you feel that this person will like. Do you remember in class when we were auditing Ivana? She said,
0: People work with people they have crushes on. You and I were like madly writing writing it. I like, Get people to have crush on me. Check. Yeah. But like when you go into a casting room or audition, you've got to have that thing. Because
1: it reminded me to bring charm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, that's not like a schmoozy thing to do. It's like, Oh, yeah, I'll. Oh my God, if I have a crush on someone, like just like even if it's just like a handsome or beautiful person, I'm like, what can I do for you?
0: You know what I mean? (laughs) But I think there's a thing about like you can bring charm and still be real and be authentic to yourself. And that's what I'm kind of getting at with you. Like you've got this awesome balance of like, hey, I've got a dream, I believe in myself. And I'm a pretty darn good human at the same time and that's, that's like, a really great, like, foundation.
1: Thanks.
0: You know? Okay, final question. Oh, my gosh,
1: I love this. Oh, we almost ordered
0: it. I know, it's ah. gone so fast, right? Time flies, baby. Uh, Okay, so final question is, like, for anyone listening that is just starting out or really wants to dip their toe into either comedy or drama, Mm -hmm. but, like, what advice would you give someone that's like, oh, I'm a bit scared to take the plunge, or I'm a bit scared to go to class, or, like, just on that teetering, you know? Gosh, Big question. Sorry. I did no, it's interesting.
1: I'm, I, because my initial reaction is like, handle, uh, I know it's not one to one, but if you're feeling those types of ways, like, deal with your mental shit is how I feel. Like, get a therapist, go, like, start meditation, start these things that, like, cause, like, I was working constantly, but until I ground it and, like, really reflected and got to therapy and was working on my shit, I didn't believe in myself. Yeah. You know, so we it's don't. like, if you believe in yourself and you're like handling your emotional and mental shit, then, then the fear is going to be there, but you're not going to be stopped by it. You know what I mean? It, it feels like that. I'm like, you know what? Take care of yourself. Take care of If you're scared of this, if you're not doing it, go read a book on like mental health. If you can't get a therapist, if you can't afford like find one. Like again, go learn breathing techniques. Mm. Just do something for yourself. That grounds you because you're going to be aligned with yourself so much more, and the work is going to be, is going to feel less gargantuan and feel less, uh, you know, inundating.
0: And I think as well, like you've got to understand your own psychology mm, if you mm-hmm. then want to go into a career that is all about human behavior and human psychology. 100%. And what like motives and what drives us. So understanding your own psychology is like a superpower, not just for acting, I think, in life, in finding the right partner, I think in any career dream, in any aspirational thing that you want to achieve. If you can have an understanding of who you are and what your values Mm -hmm. are through, I'm very pro-therapy as well. I'm four years, maybe even more, into regular therapy. It's my non-negotiable. Sure. And it just means that I can process stuff so much quicker
1: or you and you're actively self-reflecting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're yeah. you're making sure like what is this? Is this energy mine? Is this someone else's? You're you're considerate. You're totally. I don't know. Self-aware in a way that I think is powerful, especially as an actor. And I say this because the work feels different once you've handled that. Like, and I've been doing the work from both sides of the sword, and it just feels easier. And I like I believe in myself more.
0: Well, I believe in you, my friend. I believe in you.
1: Oh, my goodness. Mo, this is
0: such an honour and I cannot thank you enough this for jumping on the This is an honour for me.
1: This really is. I feel so blessed to have, like, you know, universe whatever made a friend in you. So. Mates for life. Mates for life. Well, <laughs> she did it. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. That's a wrap on another
1: episode
0: of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at YummoLolaBerry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, and comment. And of course, spread the love.